When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Meet Gary. Gary's about to become an Einstein in an instant. Whoa, Einstein hair. I like it. That's right, Gary, because you're using Salesforce powered by Einstein AI to connect data, predict business trends, generate personalized content, and wow customers. I do feel a lot smarter. Because you're not just Gary anymore. You're Gary, empowered by Einstein AI. Did you hear that, team? I'm an Einstein. Oh, can I get a selfie? The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound Off. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? There has been no criminal history identified yet. There was no known mental health history. Bloomberg Sound Off. Politics, policy, and perspective. From D.C.'s top names. Sit down. You're out of, you're out of line and an embarrassment. Hey, please leave this auditorium. Put aside personal agendas. Think of somebody other than ourselves. Think about the people who were hurt. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. And on the day after the massacre in Texas, Washington is paralyzed. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics as we bring you the latest from Texas and the response from the nation's capital. As some lawmakers tackle the question, what can be done to stop gun violence. We'll be joined by Congressman Mike Thompson, a head Democrat from California, who sponsored the background checks bill you've been hearing about that passed the House and languishes in the Senate. Later, we'll talk with Jessica Taylor of the Cook Political Report about an important primary night, and we'll get analysis from the Sound On panel. President Biden addressed the nation a short time ago, as you heard on Bloomberg, before signing an executive order on police reform. That's what he was up to. And used similar language to what we heard last night as he spoke to Americans late upon his return from Asia, calling for what he calls common sense gun laws following, of course, the school shooting in Texas. Here he is. Well, they clearly will not prevent every tragedy. We know certain ones will have significant impact and have no negative impact on the Second Amendment. Second Amendment is not absolute. When it was passed, you couldn't own a you couldn't own a cannon. You couldn't own certain kinds of weapons. It's just always been limitations. But guess what? These actions we've taken before, they saved lives. The president repeating it's time to stand up to the gun lobby. While in Texas, Governor Greg Abbott delivered a briefing with the latest known on the shooter. There has been no criminal history identified yet. He may have had a juvenile record, but that is yet to be determined. There was no known mental health history. Making us wonder if he would have been scooped up in a background check. 
Now, while he was talking at that briefing, Governor Abbott, things went off the rails for a bit, just as he was introducing Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. None other than Beto O'Rourke walked in, went right up to the stage and started to call them out. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Senator Ted Cruz is on the sit stage. Down. You can you're hear him telling him to sit down. And an embarrassment. Hey. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. He was escorted out of the room. And we'll talk a little bit more about this later on with Jessica Taylor. Beto O'Rourke then held a sort of impromptu news conference outside. The temperature is rising. And as we consider the idea of gun controls, as we consider political solutions here, if I can use either term today, there is legislation on Capitol Hill that could get that ball rolling. Congressman Mike Thompson, Democrat from California, chairs the House Gun Violence Prevention Task Force and sponsored the background checks bill that passed the House and has yet to move in the Senate. He's with us now. Congressman, welcome back to Bloomberg. Thank you very much. I'm just uh, sad to be here under these circumstances. I wish we were here to talk about something else, of course, but I appreciate your being with us as the background checks bill that you sponsored and saw pass the house has been getting a lot of talk since yesterday i'd like to start by asking you how it works this would cover all gun sales nationally correct that's correct uh, right now the federal uh, uh floor is that if anyone buys a gun from a licensed dealer they have to get a background check uh, and sadly in many states uh, that floor that federal floor is the ceiling so someone can go into a gun store, attempt to buy a gun, find out uh, that they're prohibited from owning a gun. Maybe they're a criminal. Maybe they're dangerously mentally ill, a domestic abuser. Um, they're uh, refused the sale, and they can go out and they can go to you know they can go to a computer store next door and go online and and find someone who's selling the same gun, uh, but not a dealer, mm-hmm. and buy the same gun in the mcdonald's parking lot and uh it's just it's 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 a flawed system and by requiring a background check for all gun sales uh you'll stop a lot of people who shouldn't be getting guns from buying uh firearms governor abbott today in texas says there has been no criminal history identified at least yet there was no known mental health history congressman would your bill have stopped him from buying those two rifles I don't know all of the particulars about that individual, but uh, I have never pretended to uh, believe that any bill, mine or anybody else's, can stop all gun violence. It's just one step we can take to make our communities safer. The the only, only law that would stop all gun violence is a law that would do away with all guns. And no one is uh, proposing that. Yeah. We're just trying to take an incremental step uh, to be able to uh, make our communities and our schools uh, safer. Uh, background checks are something that we know works, and we know that if we expand them to include all gun sales, we will, in fact, uh, make our communities safer. It's something that has uh, broad bipartisan support across the country. So uh, we, we, we need to take this step. Well, your bill passed the House with the help of eight Republicans. Correct. One Democrat voted against it. I, all I keep hearing is this couldn't possibly pass a 50-50 Senate. Do you believe that? Well, it, 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 would, it would pass the 50-50 Senate uh, if it could come up for a vote. But the problem in the Senate, as you know, you need 10 Republicans over there to allow a bill to come up for a vote. Right. So if they... Uh, if, if 
if, if we could find 10 Senate Republicans who had the courage that it would take to uh, help make their communities safer, uh, we could bring that bill up and it would pass. So you can't clear that cloture vote. Senators Joe Manchin and Pat Toomey, as I'm sure you know, are offering uh, a bit of a compromise bill that requires background checks on all commercial sales, including gun shows, but not individual private sales to family or friends. Is that a loophole in your view, Congressman? I I think we need uh, to expand background checks to cover all guns. Uh, The bill that I I have uh, takes care of the issue of passing a gun on to a family member. but uh, that that that, that uh, bill that or the amendment actually that uh, Manchin and Toomey offered uh, way back when uh, I think uh, is a much lesser uh, threshold for community safety. We're talking with Congressman Mike Thompson, Democrat from California. I know, Congressman, you're a lifelong gun owner and a Vietnam War veteran, and you've drawn the distinction between guns for hunting and sport and guns that are weapons of war, as you put it. Governor Abbott, again, said at the NRA convention in 2018 that the cause was specifically not about hunting and sport. Listen to what he said, and we'll have you respond. These men and women understood the necessity of the individual right to keep and bear arms, not for hunting, not for sporting, but to defend themselves from dangerous attacks. What's your response to that, Congressman? I I don't have a problem with someone having a firearm for personal defense. Uh, My issue, again, is to make sure that the people who uh, own guns are not a danger to themselves or other people. What does the NRA think about your bill? Do they have your number? Uh, I don't think the NRA likes the bill. Uh, But it's important to note that uh, the Beltway NRA uh, isn't reflective of NRA members across the country. My bill is supported by over 90% of the American people. It's supported by an overwhelming majority of NRA members. It's the Beltway gun lobby that is stopping this from happening, not regular citizens. Are they trying to stop your bill, though? Is the NRA putting money against your bill? Well, they, they've lobbied pretty hard uh, against it, as you know. And, you know, you, you did the, the research on the number of Republicans in the House that voted for it, if you dig a little bit deeper, you'll see that there were some Republicans that voted for it the, the time before who didn't vote for it this time. So they, they must have been hearing an earful from somebody. So what's your message to the NRA? We're not going to stop. We are not going to stop working on making our communities safer. We're not going to stop working on gun violence prevention measures. And they ought to start representing the responsible gun owners in the United States of America and do the right thing and get on board and work with us to make sure that uh, every gun owner isn't uh, isn't tainted because they're stopping us from doing gun safety uh, legislation. Congressman, is there anything that President Biden can do from the executive to change this? So he, he has, actually. Uh, he's, uh, he's nominated a permanent director of ATF, something we haven't had for a while. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, those hearings, I believe, are going on now. Just happened today, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, he will be confirmed. Uh, President Biden also uh, came out with uh, some pretty good regulations regarding ghost guns. Yeah, we covered uh, that, guns. as a matter of fact. But he spoke last night about the assault weapons ban, Congressman. Will there be a move to make that law again? 
I, I think there's always been a move to do that. I don't think. Is there anything that President um, Biden can do to bring that back? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think that's something that can happen uh, administratively. But the ghost gun thing is important because ghost guns are kits. They're kit guns that you can buy without a background check, and you can put them together in 15, 20 minutes that's on your kitchen table. And then you have an unserialized uh, firearm that you can use for uh, nefarious uh, purposes that can't be traced if it's picked up in a crime scene. My cops in my congressional district in California are picking ghost guns up off the street every day. Wow. I hear from them all the time. Congressman, do you have any sense of optimism now that you didn't have 24 hours ago? Why is this different than, for instance, after Newtown? Well, uh, I, I feel optimistic that uh, folks like yourself are interested in this and talking about it. Then I, re- I remember that every time there's a mass shooting and uh, a tragedy like this, there's a lot of discussion about it. The media picks it up. They talk about it for a couple of days, right. and then it goes away. And, you know, we all have a responsibility to keep this going. And uh, I'd appreciate your continued um, effort to make sure people know about how dangerous this situation is and, and how important it is for us to, uh, to address it. Congressman Mike Thompson, thank you for your insights today. We'd like to follow progress on this bill and stay in touch with you. Thank you. Coming up, we assemble the panel. Rick Davis, Jeannie Shanzano next on Sound On. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Do you remember the Sutherland Springs church shooting 2017? Sutherland Springs, Texas. 26 people were killed, including an unborn child, more than 20 wounded. The deadliest mass shooting in Texas. The shooter killed himself. But not before a man named Stephen Williford got involved. Plumber was at home when he heard the gunfire. His daughter told him what was going on in the church. And so he went to his safe. He grabbed his AR-15 and ran to the sound of the guns. In this case, Senator Ted Cruz picks up the story as he told the crowd at the 2018 NRA convention in Texas. What played out next was a gunfight. The shooter opened fire on Steve and I've stood by that pickup truck riddled with bullet holes. The small house behind Stephen had bullet holes in the wall. The shooter, as you know, was wearing body armor. But Stephen is an NRA rifle instructor. Otherwise known as the media's perfect nightmare. Well, not actually. He was made a hero out of this. Not only picked the guy off a couple of times, he got a couple of shots in him. They got into a car chase. And the shooter ended up in a ditch and killed himself in the car. Stephen Williford was honored at that convention repeatedly. He was called out by Governor Abbott as well. That story was laid out as the example of what should happen. And so you're asked, I guess, left asking the question, is, is that the option? Is it gun control or vigilante justice? This is where we start with our panel today. Bloomberg Politics contributors Jeannie Shanzano and Rick Davis make our signature sound on panel. They were with us last night at this very moment as we all learned together what was going on. And Jeannie, is that the choice we're talking about here? 
This is what the American public is often being told. And this idea that you should purchase a gun for protection is one that resonates with a lot of people. And that's why we now have more guns in the United States than we have citizens. There's about 400 million firearms in the United States today and 331 million people. And as we talked about yesterday, the number of guns being sold has risen by has quadrupled in the last couple decades. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason, not all those people are hunters, of course, part of the reason is personal protection. People believe, and we're going to see it after this horrific shooting, there's going to be a surge in gun sales again, because people believe what Ted Cruz is talking about, that you need a gun to protect yourself. And if you don't get it now, legislation is going to come and take it away. And, you know, that legislation is not really in the offing, but that's what's being talked about. The idea of Personal defense versus hunting and sport, Rick. Interesting uh, when you consider the contrast there. Maybe it's all the same thing. But if this is the answer from the NRA that everybody should get a gun and good guys shoot the bad guys, where are we? Well, you're playing into the NRA talking points. I think one of the things that we got to do is take a step back and, and understand why we think this way. When, when, our, when our leaders tell us that there's nothing we can do about the shooter, the perpetrator, the criminal— and all we can do is is arm up so that we can protect ourselves from them, then, then, then that's what people are going to respond to. If our leaders take a different position and say, there's got to be something we can do to avoid having another 50% jump in one year in active shooter incidents, to curtail the thousands of incidents we've had in mass attacks like this over the last three or four years, then, then, then that's the debate that we need to have. And I think we have a shot right now, pardon the pun, to, to actually have a discussion about trying to avoid some of these incidents so we don't have to grab our AR-15 or AR-5 from the safe and go after somebody in a church. I mean, like, that should be the last possible option, not the first one. And yeah, I think well, that that's one of the things we've got to hold or our arming teachers to. or whatever it might be. Rick, what is it like to run Republican campaigns and interface with the NRA. You've actually been in that conversation when we consider NRA scoring uh, for incumbents, when we consider their endorsements. What is that relationship like? In the 2000s, after the 2000 uh, presidential campaign that I ran for John McCain in the primary against George W. Bush, um, John McCain uh, joined a couple of Democrats and co-sponsored a uh, a gun show loophole bill, uh, very similar to the Manchin-Toomey bill. And and, and the NRA started running ads in Arizona, even though he was out of cycle, right, just to punish him wow. for his intransigence to actually have the, the timidity to, to uh, break ranks as a Republican. Uh, the, the dirty <laughs> the little secret is we, we got a vote on the back of a must-pass bill, and we got 58 votes for that. We didn't need 60 because it was a bill that was already through um, uh, uh, the, the filibuster rule. and. Mm-hmm. And, and Mitch McConnell, the majority leader at the time, pulled it off the floor, even though it was a must-pass bill, because our amendment had made its way on there. So it shows you the level of influence that the NRA has. Uh, hopefully, wow. it has weakened over time. They've been ref with all kinds of scandal and issues. But, but it's a systemic problem within the Republican Party, because every year the NRA puts money into the elections of these members and they have a grip on their their budgets and and so it's it's going to take brave people to fight back like john mccain did back in 2002 and and last i heard he did pretty well after that even though the nra ran ads against him 
Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, our panel, they're going to be back in just a bit here as we also add Jessica Taylor from the Cook Political Report to the conversation. We're going to look at primary night through the guise of this shooting in Texas. The fastest hour in politics. Stay with us. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Meet Gary. Gary's about to become an Einstein in an instant. Whoa, Einstein hair. I like it. That's right, Gary, because you're using Salesforce powered by Einstein AI to connect data, predict business trends, generate personalized content, and wow customers. I do feel a lot smarter. Because you're not just Gary anymore. You're Gary, empowered by Einstein AI. Did you hear that, team? I'm an Einstein. Oh, can I get a selfie? The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to easily manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford faces any challenge to deliver innovative, customizable solutions that your industry and your unique company demand. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Broadcasting live from our nation's capital, Bloomberg 99.1, to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew. The headline on the terminal, Kemp defeats Trump pick Purdue in Georgia GOP governor race. I should say so. Who wins a high-profile primary by 50 points? Of course, most of the nation was distracted by the Texas shooting the president's speech last night. So next, we're going to look at what happened in Georgia and consider the impact the shootings could have on the midterms with Jessica Taylor of the Cook Political Report. It was another primary night in America. Georgia, of course, the biggest among the states voting as we prepared you here on Sound On. And it's a pleasure to welcome Jessica Taylor, the Senate and governor's editor for the Cook Political Report, to talk about some of the results and some of the themes here on this day after the shooting in Texas. Jessica, welcome back to Bloomberg. Thanks for having me. It's hard to tackle the midterms today without considering the impact of the shooting in Texas. I know we heard statements from a few candidates last night, including Congressman Henry Cuellar in Texas, who actually won. It looks like won his runoff. Uh, Does this speak to the issue of crime or gun control on the campaign trail in this midterm cycle, Jessica, or is it both? I think it can be both. But also, this is something that unfortunately we as Americans are dealing with. You know, it was only a few days ago that the Buffalo shooting happened and others in California. So, I mean, it just, to me, it shows just how 
partisan and divided our politics are right now because it almost feels like everyone agrees something needs to be done, mm-hmm. but there is still not a consensus on what that either party can get to a 60 vote threshold to change things. I mean, you're clearly seeing a lot of frustration among Democrats. The gun um, issue, though, can really have a galvanizing effect for people. It reinforces their beliefs rather than having an event like this change their minds. Do you see right. that? I mean, well, I mean, you are saying, I mean, Republicans are saying, you know, any talk about gun control is simply, um, you know, trying to politicize the issue while Democrats point that, you know, listen, something has to be done. And I'm sure you saw Beto O'Rourke interrupt Governor Abbott's briefing today in Texas. It was pretty dramatic stuff. He said the response was totally predictable uh, by the Abbott administration. Here's a little bit of what it sounded like. Yeah, right, get out. This is totally predictable when you Sir, they did usher him Sir, out of the room. And Jessica, he held a kind of an impromptu news conference outside. Right after Santa Fe High School was a time to stop the next shooting. Right after El Paso was a time to stop the next shooting. Right after Midland Odessa was a time to, to stop the next shooting. And in each case, we say this isn't the time. Now is the time, like literally right now. That's why I'm here. Did he help himself today? And I I wonder, is this now the defining issue in this race? Again, just he's right. I mean, this has been things that have happened in Texas, which is certainly more has more loose gun regulations in many states. Um, and clearly, you know, when he was running for president, that didn't last too long. He, he you know, made El Paso a critical um, a critical spot. Yeah. But again, I'm not sure. I think it is at least in this moment, but whether that lasts, again, I think the election is about many things. And I have a hard time seeing even after this devastating incident yeah. that it will have any sort of meaningful, meaningful change, because I do feel like as a country, we these things happen and then we rail against it and we move on to yeah. the other thing again. And I think it just reinforces just how politicized this issue has become and that there's really hard to find middle ground. This is incredible. Everyone I've asked in the last 24 hours who follows politics or is involved in politics, not politicians themselves, but people who've been living in this country paying attention all answer that the same way. The fact is NRA endorsements and NRA scores for incumbents, Jessica, get Republicans elected. That's not going to change today, right? Look at Brian Kemp. Yeah, I mean, it is an incredibly powerful lobby. They give millions to mostly Republican lawmakers. And you want that endorsement if you are running in a Republican primary. Yeah. And it's just hard to see that changing. And, you know, if the group overall were going to, you know, say, OK, maybe we can do these red flag laws. We can talk about background checks and different things. Mm-hmm. But regulations in many places are becoming looser instead of tighter. I did want to ask you about a couple of races. This is why you came to talk to us, Jessica, about uh, an important primary night. And I mentioned the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, 50 points. That was remarkable. We also saw, of course, the secretary of state Raffensperger keep his job. Are the media making too much of the Trump effect in this cycle? Well, given how much Trump went all in on these races, I think it, it was clearly the most stinging rebuke that the president has faced since he left office, because he made Kemp and Raffensperger sort of public enemies number one in his book because they refused to bend to his will and overturn the election results. So these were, you know, 
if probably if he could have taken only picked only two candidates of his that were going to lose, I think he probably would have picked these two. But I think it shows clearly that the Republican electorate wants to move on and that when you saw their opponents running essentially a one note campaign on saying that the election was stolen, uh, you know, and even Purdue went into how his claiming his Senate seat was stolen. I think people wanted to talk about more than that, that they were sort of really ready to move on. And yeah, I mean, I, I expected Kemp to win, but nothing in the dropping like this. So, I mean, 50 points is just, it was a shellacking. <laughs> Jessica Taylor looks like a recount in Pennsylvania. Will this lead to a conclusion or are we going to spend all summer in court? That is what Republicans do not need. Um, <laughs> the fact that they do not have a nominee yet in one of their biggest Senate races can quickly become problematic. Well, we'll be covering that closely here, of course, on Bloomberg Radio, Dr. Oz versus David McCormick in the Republican Senate primary in Pennsylvania. Jessica Taylor, (laughs) Senate and governor's editor for the Cook Political Report. Thanks for coming back to talk to us again on Bloomberg. I hope it's a different conversation next time. All right. Thank you. Let's bring in Jeannie, Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributor. For a quick comment, if I can just go back to Georgia for a second here, Jeannie, how are you calibrating these two losses? I mean, not losses. I believe Jessica used the word shellacking. Brian Kemp, 50 points. Raffensperger keeps his job. Jody Heiss is going to be unemployed. What's the message to Donald Trump? I think the message is voters in any state, but Georgia being the center of the United States political universe right now, do not want to look backwards. They have enough issues to contend with right now and going forward. Brian Kemp has delivered for them. Raffensperger has delivered for them. They like Donald Trump. They say it, but they also like their governor and their secretary of state, and they're going to stick with him because they have delivered. And so the key to Donald Trump is don't make endorsements based on a vendetta. Make them based on what voters want and what's going on in the moment the old vendetta tour i know rick has feelings about that too and we'll reassemble the panel coming up next Jeannie and rick davis with us here on sound on we'll get a check on the markets from doug krisner interesting after hour session here you'll want to hear about and of course traffic as always on the fastest hour in politics i'm joe matthew in washington this is bloomberg johan schmiegel you've got the world's highest iq yes 247 wow did you know that thanks to salesforce with einstein ai everyone's smarter now everyone's an einstein just like you but i'm the smartest not anymore with connected data and trusted ai everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of oh look here's a few einsteins now hey hi hola amigo everyone's an einstein it's okay johan let it happen the number one ai crm now everyone's an einstein with salesforce top thrill two is like no other course two 420 foot vertical speedways three launches all right let's talk strategy copy that driver go for maximum acceleration off the start measure that you've got a short straightaway to push from zero to 74 on the first vertical speedway and what about the rollback rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach zero g's in total weightlessness 420 feet of straight up speed let's get it top thrill two the world's tallest and fastest triple launch strata coaster get your tickets at cedarpoint.com Face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to easily manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. 
With experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford faces any challenge to deliver innovative, customizable solutions that your industry and your unique company demand. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. As we reassemble the panel, Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano with us on the fastest hour in politics. Thanks for spending part of your day with us here on Bloomberg Sound On. If you're just showing up, subscribe to the podcast. Bloomberg Sound On, search for it wherever you get your podcasts and just basking in the glow of another primary night. Unfortunately, it wasn't quite the night that we had bargained for. You know, typically you're watching the returns come in. You're kind of getting a sense of the narrative. Maybe there's a couple of late night nail biters. But last night it was it was all about Texas. It was about the president's speech, which actually ended up being pretty late as he returned uh, from the trip to Asia. Uh, But there was big news on this primary night, including Georgia, as we just discussed with Jessica Taylor. Rick and Jeannie here. I had a minute to compare notes with Jeannie on this, Rick. I'm curious, just your first blush reaction to a 50-point spread, a double loser for Donald Trump. Yeah, this was a real repudiation of the Vengeance Tour. Uh, uh, Everybody was watching this race all around the country, uh, primarily because Donald Trump told us to watch this race. He put a target on Brian Kemp and his administration and recruited David Perdue, uh, a failed Senate candidate from from the runoff, the rerun of the election in 2020 to run against him, funded it and campaigned hard for him and got, as your previous guest said, shellacked. Yeah. And in, 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 in politics, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, a, a 600,000 vote margin of victory. And so it wasn't even actually really a race. I mean, I'm, I'm actually surprised we didn't pick up this huge margin coming into the election, you know, as, as it turned out to be. But it is a repudiation of Donald Trump and, and his uh, efforts to go after people who refused to deny the outcome of the 2020 election and in this case actually took action against it. So uh, does it put Donald Trump completely into the back seat? No, yeah. uh, he, he will continue to claim victory. He'll continue to, to do these things against people he think kept him from being able to steal the election. And, uh, and we haven't heard the last of him, but I think this is a good example of the fact that um, no matter how tough a situation Donald Trump tries to bring on you, yeah. uh, you, can, you can flourish in the opposition. So what's the general going to look like here, uh, Jeannie? But part of what Brian Kemp ran on was I'm the guy who can keep Stacey Abrams out of the governor's office and from becoming president here. This conversation about the Texas shooting, the fact that he is endorsed by the NRA, does that inform the electorate in this race or again galvanize existing positions? You know, voters will be informed by it. I'm not sure that they will be moved by it. We haven't Mm -hmm. at least seen that historically. And of course, this rematch between Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp is going to be one of the most watched. Unfortunately for Stacey Abrams, it's going to be a much tougher year, not because of anything she did, but because of where the president is in the polls. And of course, the inflation and all the other issues. So much tougher year for her just because she's a Democrat. But it's going to be fascinating to see this 
rematch. And Joe Matthew, I love your double loser comment. I'm hoping <laughs> that that gets picked up. We'll see, see what uh, the oh, former geez. president Trump has to say about that, Joe Matthew. I did not. I, I was not <laughs> trying to make a nickname. My God. I know. Um, do you <laughs> remember you the gun ad that, that Brian Kemp put up? Uh, this was 2018. He's got this kid sitting next to him. His name is Jake. I think the name of the ad was Jake. Jake. You, Rick remembers. Yep. And Brian Kemp is sitting there. He's got a shotgun across his lap. He's got a whole bunch of, you know, snazzy. The, my God, these massive pistols lined up on the, the table next to the couch. Well, listen. I'm Brian Kemp. This is Jake, young man interested in one of my daughters. Yes, sir. Jake asked why I was running for governor. I said one. Cap government spending. Two. Yep. Take a chainsaw to regulations. Three. Make Georgia number one see for where small this is business. Going here. And two things if you're going to date there one of my daughters. Respect. And? A healthy appreciation for the Second Amendment. There we are. Sir. He cocks the gun. And a lot of people were offended by this. It helped him then, Rick. Does it potentially hurt him now? Uh, no, I, I think that this is a, a very polarized issue. Uh, state of Georgia, the reason he's running that ad is because he can get the majority of the people to back him. Uh, he's not going to do that in 2018 mm-hmm. unless he sees it in the polling data that he can win with that issue. And, and he won't run that ad this year if he doesn't think it has the same impact. So uh, I, I think you gotta, you got to take the different times in a different place sure, for a different absolutely. ad. But you know, Stacey Abrams would like to start running that. They're probably retweeting it now from back then. And what does this mean for the role that the NRA might play publicly in the campaign cycle, Rick? I mean, you know, we've got the convention coming up here. And when you consider the way the NRA has reacted to tragedies past, to shootings in the past, well, listen to Wayne LaPierre, the CEO of the National Rifle Association here at the 2018 convention. These powerful anti-freedom, gun-hating, anti-Second Amendment elites... They gaslight tragedy. They exploit victims to advance their ultimate agenda, kill the NRA and napalm the Second Amendment right out of existence. They march themselves into a frenzy. They yell and they shout every nasty name they can think of to call us. And they demand our surrender while predicting our demise. That was held in Texas. The president, then President Trump, spoke at that event, as did uh, Senator Ted Cruz. Does that line continue here, Rick? You're going to hear language like that this year. That could be a winning message for Republicans. I don't know. Well, we're going to we're going to find out on Friday where the NRA is holding a a conference in Houston uh, right after the heels of this. So so I think pay attention to what Wayne LaPierre says this year versus what he said in 2018. Um, uh, and, and the reality is what Representative Thompson said earlier in the program is that uh, there is a big difference between the leadership of the NRA and, and their financing of influence in Washington and the membership of the NRA. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think what smart candidates like Kemp, and he's proven his mettle by defeating Donald Trump in this election, um, uh, is, that, is that he's going to side with the members of the NRA. He's going to have a conversation with them in his next ad, not with Wayne LaPierre, because there's nothing Wayne LaPierre can do for him in Georgia. But these are real voters in the state of Georgia who are members of the NRA, and and they're not buying, in many cases, what Wayne LaPierre is selling. We heard from the senior senator in Texas, John Corn and Jeannie, uh, a personal, uh, a spokesperson citing personal reasons uh, for him to back out of his convention speech. 
prior to the tragedy today in Uvalde, the statement says we had already informed the NRA he would not be able to speak due to an unexpected change in his schedule. He now has to be in D.C. for personal reasons. Awfully carefully written, Jeannie. It is. And, and, you know, we have to wait and see if there's any other change of schedules that come up. Ted yeah. Cruz, Dan Crenshaw, uh, governor of South Dakota. Donald Greg Trump's got to go, Donald, though, right? Yeah, Donald Trump will probably go. But I know, you know, speaking, if we could just underscore the connection between these primaries and what happened in Texas, mm-hmm. they do have the most permissive gun laws in the country. But poll after poll from 2015 have showed majorities of Texan voters support common sense gun 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 laws rather the disconnect is a lot of the power in texas is decided in the primaries and the fewer voters who turn out the more they move to the right and so you know we as voters own this voters have got to get out in primary elections they can't just vote in general elections because state legislatures in particular are decided and that's true in new york on the democratic side are decided in these primaries in these one party states and districts you saw Beto O'Rourke uh, interrupt Greg Abbott today. Uh, we played a little bit of that earlier. These powerful anti-freedom. That's, uh, not the moment I'm talking about. This is That's the reaction he got from. There's some of this stuff I can't even play on the air. Things got a little bit ugly. Uh, and then, of course, he stepped outside where the cameras were waiting for him. It is absolutely wrong. In fact, it is insane. The governor talks about mental health. It is insane that we allow an 18-year-old to go in and buy an AR-15. What the hell did we think he was going to do with that? This one is on us. What's this governor's race going to look like in Texas, Rick? Well, you know, we talked yesterday as this uh, crisis was unfolding uh, about a hope that we could actually take a step back from the demagoguery and the partisanship and try to find solutions to this rather than take advantage of it for political purposes. Yeah. This is a classic example of taking advantage for political purposes. There was no productive discussion today uh, when he crashed the press conference. He knew what was going to happen. He knew right? what was going to happen. It's a crass political move. Um, you know, I, I, I doubt if this is actually going to do anything but get him on the evening news. And, and I doubt if he's going to convince one voter who's on the fence of this because of the horrible thing that has occurred uh, that that somehow he's he deserves their vote. So I think people need to take a step back from this. I, I don't think these kind of stunts are the way to salute solutions. And and if anything, it just starts to harden up everybody else's approach mm-hmm. to this at a time when people are, are still grieving in that community. So. Um, you know, look, I, I, I would not have encouraged anybody to do what he did. Uh, I would have suggested that there's another way to make your point without, you know, trying to uh, crash a press conference where they're trying to inform the public and inform the community of what, what just happened. There's still a lot of questions about this young man who you know, uh, uh, stormed this this elementary school and, and slaughtered these kids. So uh, I think I think we need to take a step back here and just take a breath and hope we can actually get real reform done in a, in a, a more benign environment. Jeannie, will Beto O'Rourke regret that, or is he raising money already? He's been raising money all along, and he'll raise more. You know, I, I agree the politicization is a problem, but you know what? He also displays the kind of urgency that many people are asking for as students and kids are slaughtered in their classrooms. So I give him kudos. His message is right. The timing mm. may have been wrong. Well, you will not hear conversations like this anywhere else. That's why we welcome you every day to the fastest hour in politics. Many thanks to my colleagues Rick and Jeannie. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. We'll meet you here tomorrow as we follow the conversation from the nation's capital. This is Bloomberg. 
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Join global business leaders and investors at the Bloomberg Sustainable Business Summit, returning to Singapore on July 31st. Take part in solutions-driven discussions on how to drive business value and unlock opportunity while remaining nimble in times of change and greater ESG accountability. Learn more at BloombergLive.com slash SustainableBizSingapore. That's BloombergLive.com slash SustainableBizSingapore.